Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Watchman. Thank you for being on our show today and taking time to be with us as we bring you this truth at the speed of sound. <clears throat> the Watchman, as we are the Watchman on the wall, paying attention to what's going on in the horizon, trying to spot danger and risk, lies and deceit, as well as propaganda that comes at us very quickly. We we see the anti-American propaganda that comes at us very quickly at the speed of sound, and we are going after this these anti-American propagandists and uh, we're going to call them out and we're going to basically we're going to make sure you're aware from a perspective and you're going to get the perspective that you can only get right here or on our earlier show the point folks by listening to us here on this show on am radio 11 wfyl thanks for being with us for the last five years and taking this time to be with us folks i want to get a little bit into the into the trump indictment i thought was it interesting it and again, when you look at, at what goes on with this, now Trump's attorney, and again, Trump's got his, he's got a really, really good attorney, and his attorney was on the uh, the news cycles, okay, and CNN and whatnot, and MSNBC and NBC, and, and of course, Jack Smith was, was very upset about that, okay, he was very, very upset that Trump's attorney was out there basically shredding these, their narrative, I thought it was very, very interesting, and you know, they're, they're up there. So, you know, Jack Smith wants this to be a one-sided show. He wants to leak evidence, but he doesn't want Trump to leak evidence. You know, so, I mean, what's interesting is he wants to be able to leak evidence. You know, like 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 on August 9th when the, when the New York Times published an anonymously sourced front-page story. It was just the other day revealing a post-election strategy member that Trump's lawyer, Kenneth Cheesebro, uh, allegedly put out that first came to light in the last week's indictment of Trump. I mean, this all came out when Smith leaked it. I mean, this is something Smith leaked. No one's ever going to really know. But we do know that the New York Times and the Washington Post both won, both won Pulitzers for publishing the fake Russian, uh, the, uh, Russian collusion story. We know that. But, you know, what's really interesting in all this is that I said that the judge does not want Trump's lawyers out there talking about this stuff. I just think it's, it's very compelling, Okay. All right, so, you know, Jack Smith was uh, basically shot down, but but he's still, I mean, they're, they're going to prevent Trump from speaking on things, okay? They don't want Trump speaking. You know, he doesn't want him to, you know, they could not discuss witnesses because they might intimidate witnesses by discussing witnesses, okay? You know, and, and again, they, they don't want that to happen. They're not going to let that happen. They're, they're saying that if Trump was to do this, he would damage the, damage or, and hurt democracy. I just think that's telling as well. But again, this is this is the big sham. The media, the media is never ending negative campaign against Trump, and he's always relied. It's always this this negative campaign has always relied heavily on the exploitation of anonymous sources. So these paid journalists themselves, they position themselves as the idealists defending the democratic norms. But there's nothing, folks, democratic about anonymously mudslinging. You know that may be a democrat norm, but it's not a democratic norm. You know, Jim Lehrer actually made a comment. Uh, you know, uh, on that, you know, back in 2009, you know, anchorman Jim Lehrer provided a list of journalistic rules, including not to use anonymous sources of blind quotes, except on a rare or monumental occasion. Now they do it like a like a cowboy draws a gun in a B Western. OK, no one could should ever be allowed to attack anybody anonymously, but it happens all the time. They do it all the time. And this is what's compelling on this. They don't want Jack's. They don't want Trump's lawyer out there uh putting this out there i just thought it was interesting because 
Trump's lawyers were were on ABC, CBS, and NBC there, and and Jack Smith was obsessing over each indictment or, or literally hundreds of minutes. Like mean, this is what's been going on. So all these networks are obsessing over each indictment, over every indictment that came through. They're obsessed with it. They're panting over each one of them, and there there are literally hundreds of minutes on this. And so Smith's ideal is apparently media coverage that is all prosecution and no defense. So he wants the indictment to be everything. Okay. So, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just compelling on all of this. Okay. You know, it's ridiculous. Okay. It's absolutely ridiculous for the media to pretend that Trump's indictments aren't, aren't shredding a Democrat norm. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the truth. They're pretending these indictments aren't shredding the Democrat norm. They're pre- pretending these indictments aren't threatening the Republic. Or, or that they're somehow nonpartisan, nonpolitical. They want to convince people these are nonpartisan, nonpolitical like that. People are going to believe that. That's ridiculous, okay? No one's going to believe that. You know, Trump's Justice Department didn't indict Hunter Biden in the last campaign. Don't miss that. His, his Justice Department did not go after anybody, remember? But these Democrats in Washington, New York City, and soon in Georgia are going to do this to Trump. So when special counsel Jack Smith sought a protective order against Trump after Trump made revenge threats, Against unnamed enemies, which I thought, which I thought was very interesting too. So Trump, Trump basically makes a statement. I don't know exactly how it happened, but they're trying to say that Trump made revenge, made revenge threats against unnamed enemies. And these New York Times reporters, Maggie uh, Haberman and Alan Fuhrer, reported on August fifth that Trump promised that if he was elected, he would appoint real special prosecutor investigate. Mr. Biden and his, his crime family proposing to eliminate the post-Watergate norm of Justice Department independence. So they're saying, look, Trump already promised that if he gets elected, he's going to end Justice Department independence. Folks, I would say those ships already sailed like the Titanic. They already went, they already sailed and went down. I mean, I'm not kidding you. They think that people believe the Justice Department right now is independent. They're out of their minds. The fact is, Joe, Joe Biden did this, okay? He did exactly this. Joe Biden's going after going after Trump, and he's violating the norm. You know, this is what O'Biden's doing. So Smith's prosecution of Trump is so transparently and arrogantly political that, that he filed this motion surrounding the protective order, objected Trump's lawyer, John Lauro, from appearing on these, on these news programs last week. Folks, Lauro's argued Smith was seeking to suppress Trump's freedom of speech, so he's out there on the news cycles, and, you know, Jack Smith is like, he can't go out there and talk like that. This isn't going to happen, folks. What's going to happen is this, okay? They're going to comment. They're going to comment on testimony. They're going to comment on certain things that they can comment on. But make no mistake, Trump is going to basically talk about his case over and over. He He doesn't have to talk about the witnesses. I don't think Trump needs to Obviously, he should be able to talk about what they're testified to, but he can come right out and say, look, this is what happened. And he goes, he can come out and he can say, their case is going to try to say that I don't have that right, but I do have that right. And he knows that, and they know that. That's why they don't want him out there. See, Trump will articulate this case and break this down for these people. They, he knows, they know that Trump can do this masterfully, okay? They know this. So, I mean, you know, the bottom line is, I mean, Smith, Smith Smith complained about Trump using discovery material to litigate this case in the media. So, 
But, you know, that's contrary to the purpose of criminal discovery, which is to afford defendants the ability to prepare for and mount a defense in court, not to wage a media campaign. Well, he's doing that. You see, because he knows that the, the discovery evidence, the discovery material that's going to litigate this case is going to break this case. And he knows when he puts it out. If they had such a strong case, why would they be so concerned about Trump revealing discovery material, okay, litigate this case in the media? I, I don't understand why they would be concerned about it. Doesn't make sense why they'd be so concerned about it. I, I, you know, because they know there's no case. That's why they know there's no case. You know, if they're going to use that standard, Trump's lawyers should never appear on any television show. Okay? Any one of them. Even though these even though these fake news networks are all obsessing every day over everything that, that's the anti-Trump, they do. They put it out there over and over and over with their fake that they just can't believe it's happening even while it's happening. They can't believe that Trump's approvals are increasing. They can't believe that Trump's case is stronger and stronger every day. They can't believe it. They just can't believe it. It's sort of like they can't believe it's happening even while it's happening. They're watching. They say, I don't believe this. They just don't believe it. You know, it's interesting. I was, I was watching a movie called The Asphalt Jungle, which is a great movie. And uh, in the movie, at the end of the movie, uh, the perfect crime that was pulled off was thwarted by things that they just couldn't believe could happen. Like a gun going off inadvertently, okay? A gun literally hitting the floor, going off inadvertently and shooting somebody. Or some police officer on the beat, some some guy on foot just kind of trolling through a neighborhood, kind of walking on the ground, basically just walking through the docks, would stumble on these people making their way through back alleys to a safe house. Couldn't believe it. These unforeseen things that happened that they couldn't understand, could, they couldn't believe would happen, but they happened. And they busted the case wide open. I mean, one thing is for sure, when they're going to make a case that Trump knew that, that he really did law, lose the election, they're going to try to make that case in the indictment. It's not going to be hard for Trump to say, what are you talking about? How can they prove that? They're never going to be able to prove that. And they know they can't prove that. Okay. They know that Trump, they, they're going to know when Trump, when Trump tries to claim that his actions were the result of his taking the advice of his counsel, they're going to try to say, oh, you know, he can't think, he can't claim that. They're going to, he'll have to take the stage. He'll have to take the stand himself. Bill Barr said that. Bill Barr said that if Trump tries to claim, Right, that he was taking advice from his counsel that he's gonna to have to take the court, he'd have to take the he gotta take the he'd have to take the you know the the, the, the he's gonna to have to testify himself. Take the state. Well, folks, what I thought was interesting in all of this, okay, is Trump lawyer said that's not the case. That's not the case. I just thought that was very, very interesting. John Alero made the comment and said Bill Barr is wrong. They didn't slay Bill Barr, he just said he's wrong. Of course, he can claim counsel, advice from counsel. That's not illegal to follow advice from counsel. There is no case here, folks. There's no case. And they know this. This is all about fabricating indictments for crimes that really didn't happen. They're, they're putting a sentence together of words, okay? A sentence which contains words. And these words are trying to spell out a sentence that looks like a crime that was committed indictment of a particular crime. But when you dig into the substance, you scratch past the first five or seven, eight, ten words, you're going to realize there's no substance there. 
for instance, when Dana Lash tried to sell, you know, tried to tell John Laro, you know, well, he, you know, he committed acts of crime. He committed actual, his actions were actual criminal acts. He cr committed criminal actions, he said. And Laro stopped and looked at her and he said, specifically, tell me what crimes he broke and committed. Well, he called the, the Secretary of State in Georgia and he asked him to find votes. Okay. So asking somebody to, to basically do an investigation is a crime? Is that what we're talking about here? You know, this is what Laura, this is what, they know how weak this is. This case is so weak. It's so weak. It's so unbelievably feeble that they know that if they don't put some sort of a gag order, the witnesses are going to come out there and say that Trump said this white pets are going to say, Trump asked me to, to do this and do that. And okay, so we asked you to send it back to the states. Did you? Well, no, I didn't. Okay. So where's the crime here? Oh, he asked me to, to count other electors. Well, did you? Well, no, I didn't. Okay. Well, where's the crime there? Did he force you to do it? Did he threaten you to do it? No. He asked you to do it. So asking you to do something is a crime. It's sort of like a John Laura made the comment to Chuck Todd, to Chuck U. Todd. He says, you know, Chuck, he says, if I wish to tell you back in the era of Vietnam, don't register for the draft. Don't enlist for the draft. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't enlist for the draft. They're going to send you off to war in Vietnam. You're going to die there along with 50,000 other soldiers or come back maimed or in, in, in some way. Don't do it. Is that a crime? He said that to Chuck Utah. And Chuck Utah says, well, yeah, it's a crime. You just asked me to break the law. It's a crime. And, La and Lauro educated Chuck Todd and said, you're wrong, Chuck. It's not a crime to ask you to do something. It's not. It's advice from counsel. I'm telling you not to do it. I mean, that is wrong for you to say that that's a crime. And there's no juror that's going to believe that that is a crime for him to ask you to do something. Even if it was something like that. What he asked Pence to do was simply do what the Constitution says to do. He was taking advice from counsel, and he was basically giving this advice to do any you know, when you're looking at constitutional theories, okay, theories on how to proceed constitutionally, somebody may disagree with you. They may even say what you're doing is, is wrong. But that doesn't make what they're doing a crime. <laughs> you know, there's a lot, there's a huge threshold that they have to pass here. There's no way they got it. So there's no way he could have this, this trial after the election because no one, no one wants to see it now. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to diminish Trump. They want to have, basically, they want to try, start the trial on January 2nd, and they want to run it right into February. They want to run it right past, right into February, past the first three or four primaries. And that's what they want to do. They want to make this a, a, giant, a giant distraction, okay, because they don't want Trump getting money yet. They want to affect his fundraising. They want to affect his favorables. They don't realize that Trump is gaining in the polls, and they don't understand that. That's something else they don't understand at all. They don't get that at all. It's an amazing thing, but they don't understand for the life. They're shocked that Trump's gaining in the polls after all these indictments. He's getting in the polls. They're shocked that he's that that they are so devoid of introspection. They they can't even. They're not capable of imagining that oh, Biden's Justice Department, okay, was seeking all these indictments and trials during election year. They, they, 
defines undemocratic election interference. They, they're, they're incapable of that introspection of seeing that this is, in fact, election interference. They, they can't see that. It's just unfathomable. It's like they don't see how the Ukraine has already lost the war. They have no more soldiers to fight with. They can't see how this is losing every time they go out there. Every time we send more tanks or planes or whatever it is we got to send down there, more money to fund the Ukrainian effort. They don't understand. They can't see it. They can't see how the Ukraine has already lost the war. They just don't understand that. They can't see that. Just like they can't see that this is really election interference. The media manipulates voters by obsessing over Trump's scandals, and they drive out all policy issues that voters want to want to hear about. So they are they want to talk about these Trump scandals and these obsessing these man-made scandals, if you will, from over Trump. They want to obsess over that, and they don't want to have any discussion on real policy issues. Why don't they want to do that? Because they know the real policy issues of the day are what's really affecting Americans. And they know that Americans are very concerned about high gas prices and high crime rates. They know that Americans are very concerned about the lack of education in our schools. They know that. They know Americans are very, very concerned about high inflation nation. They know, they know Americans are very concerned about the consumer, the consumer misery rates. The consumer price index is being up. The producer price index being up. They know that. Inflation is driving up. They know that. They know that we have a contracting economy. They know that. They know Americans are concerned, and they will be when the discussion happens. Because, again, if you had substantive discussion on the issues, then you're going to drive into the fact, okay, you're going to drive into the fact that we have a lower rate of employment than we've ever had in the last 20 years. They're going to drive into the fact that states like Pennsylvania have less people now, less workforce today than they had in 1970. We actually have a smaller workforce in PA than we had in 1970. But our government, our our cost and budget, if you will, of, of funding our state government is triple what it was then, quadruple what it was then. So the cost of sustaining Pennsylvania's politics and policymakers in Harrisburg, the cost has increased fourfold, fivefold over where it was in 1970. But there's less people paying that bill. And you see, they know Pennsylvania, it's, if that was a fact that was out there for people to hear, they'd be like, oh my goodness, you're serious? Yes. Look at the size of the budget today compared to the size of the budget in 1970. And look at the workforce of Pennsylvania today versus the workforce of Pennsylvania in 1970. You're going to see how many people were paying the cost of government then compared to how many people are paying the cost of government today. Don't miss that, folks. Because the cost of government is a real, very, very real cost. And of course, that is money that the taxpayers, people like us, cannot use to pursue our happiness. That is what we call the misery index in Pennsylvania, the, the Pennsylvania misery index. That's what we're looking at right now. Okay, so these are facts that we know are going on right now. They they understand, okay, that, that discussion on the issues is going to wake up Americans to what's really going on here. That we're funding a war in the Ukraine that the Ukrainians have already lost. Okay, that we're actually promoting and provoking the Russians into World War III. We're creating a Ukrainian missile crisis right now in Ukraine. 
just like the Russians were doing here in 1960 with the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Cuban Missile Crisis, for you know, for our listeners who don't remember what that was or from history what that was, was the Russians trying to set up a satellite, if you will, in Cuba, or as John F. Kennedy would say, Cuba. Okay, so they wanted to set up a, a, a satellite country in Cuba that had missiles that were pointing at America. They, they were very close to Washington, D.C. I mean, missiles that were 2,000 miles away from Washington, D.C. were not quite that far, maybe uh, 1,500 miles from Washington, D.C. or whatever. So they knew that, and that's what they wanted. They wanted to get missiles right on top of, of our country, and we weren't going to have any part of it. So we put our foot down, and Khrushchev took his shoe off the as the shit. He's the guy that was pounding his shoe on the table in the UN. I mean, he he basically was, he pulled out of Cuba. Well, we have a similar situation in Ukraine. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got, you got, you got Putin right now, very upset at what's going on over there. And you got Obama trying to set up a satellite out there with Zelensky and getting missiles over there to take out the Russian deterrent. So Russians are saying, okay, this is, this is, it directly affects our national security. And we're pushing to do it. So, I mean, this is kind of like where I'm at on this. I mean, if you look at European countries over the last 50 years, over the last 100 years, even the last 200 years, how many times the borders in the European countries have changed in the last 20, 200 years is unbelievable. If you look at the picture of, look at a picture of European borders and countries in Europe in 1800, look at them in 1900, look at them in 2000, look at them again today. Folks, I'm telling you. That the borders are different all the time because the borders are always changing. Okay, this is what's going on in Europe right now, and 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 of course, you know, we in this country are saying it's a threat to democracy. Okay, so you've got these fake leaders and these phony media points that pundits are out there saying this is a threat to democracy, but for the for the noble carrier of democracy, Zelensky in, in the Ukraine, these are the these are the the metaphorical caricatures of what democracy looks like. Well, on our show, we understand that Zelensky just outlawed elections. He just outlawed free elections. Now, we understand on that show that that is not a metaphorical caricature of democracy in this country or what we perceive it to be. But again, the media is not out there talking about Zelensky outlawing elections. They're saying that this guy's a noble carrier of democracy throughout the world and we can't let him lose. But here on our show, you guys, we are our, our listeners know the facts. He just outlawed elections. Don't miss that, folks. So when you look and see what happens around the world, don't buy into the the phony the phony narrative that's out there all the time. You can't throw Abrams Abrams tanks over there in Ukraine and expect the untrained Ukrainian soldiers to understand how to use the operate those Abrams tanks to win the win tank battles. That's not likely. You're just not going to... Six-week training course is not enough for these guys to learn how to use those tanks. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to be an effective weapon on the battlefield if they don't know how to use it. And quite frankly, we all remember that the, the Japanese at the end of World War II had planes left and tanks left and armament left, and they had no soldiers left. But well, it's kind of like where the Ukrainians are now. They've lost hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Their population went from 60 million people in 1990 to about 18 million today. They don't have any soldiers left to fight with. They can't win the war. Oh, Biden knows that. And so they're basically trying to promote this into some long-term outcome. And I'm, I'm folks, I mean, I'm more concerned with World War III. I'm more concerned over the incompetent 
uh, president that we have right now who's falling asleep in meetings, okay, falling asleep during press briefings, who can't read, who can't read a teleprompter, okay? Basically, I, I'm more concerned about that guy and the people he surrounds him with that are snor snorting cocaine in the West Wing. I'm more concerned about those people calling the shots around the planet. Well, folks, we got to leave it there. Thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today and spending this beautiful Saturday afternoon with us right here on AM Radio 11AWFYL. Folks, see you next week on The Watchmen. I'm Clay Brace. Goodbye for now.